Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. In Psalm 67, we have a missionary psalm, and it begins with a cry for mercy and then a call for blessing. God blesses those He has forgiven. He blesses us with His own face shining in upon us. This is the steps we must take into missions. We find forgiveness. We enjoy God's blessed presence. We shine as a light to the world. A church that is not shining has not realized afresh the mercy of God forgiving them of their sins. But if forgiven, we shine. But to what purpose? Missions, the heart of missions is people experiencing the blessing of God shining out upon them because they've been forgiven and washed and renewed in Him. The purpose of missions is God's praise. The song is making an argument here for God's blessing those who are singing out to God. Basically, they're saying, God bless us with the shining of your face and with your fellowship and the experience of you walking among us because when this happens, we will make you known. You will make yourself known through us to the ends of the earth and your salvation will go out to all the nations. And the question is, what's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of this message going out to all the nations? Is it so that more and more people will escape judgment? Is it so that more and more people will escape going to hell? Well, that's something that's the result of the missionary message that we have. Is it so that more and more people will be brought into the ranks of the redeemed so that we can be a part of an ever-growing and swelling congregation of people that are members of the family of God? Well, that's good, and that happens as well. More and more people will become washed in the cleansing sacrifice of Jesus Christ and made brides of the Lord Jesus Christ so that that wedding feast gets bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter. Well, that's going to happen as well, most certainly. But what is the chief end of all missions? So that the people may praise you. So that the people may praise you. A.W. Tozer puts it this way. The purpose of Christ in redemption was not to save us from hell primarily, but it was to save us unto worship that we might again become worshipers of the living God. That's it. That's the longing, impulse, and desire. How does that happen? How do you get to that point? Well, again, you find God's mercy you experience His presence in your life. And oh, when you do, you cannot help but praise and worship Him. The song is wrote, How can I help but love Him when He loved me so? And you praise Him. And you delight in Him. And that's what God wants. That's what God desires. John Piper has written a number of books. The book on the supremacy of God and missions is actually called Let the Nations Be Glad. There he writes this. Missions is not God's ultimate goal. Worship is. Missions is the overflow of our delight in God because missions is the overflow of God's delight in being God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always been satisfied with themselves, always delighting and glorying in one another, and they've wanted to share that glory with us and with creation And when we are redeemed and brought into a right relationship with Him, we come under the outpouring and shower of His glory and we worship Him and we delight in Him because He delights in Himself. It's God's desire. It's His longing. Our ministry has a mistaken focus when our focus is on satisfying people. It has a right focus when our focus is on 
the satisfaction of God, enjoying people who are satisfied in Him alone. That's it. We're wrong, we try to satisfy people, but when our focus is on bringing satisfaction to God because He enjoys those who are finding satisfaction in Him alone, (laughs) that's the heart of missions. That's the purpose of missions. Let the nations be glad. So now, you understand that missions goes backwards. When our understanding of worship somehow goes forward simply as a means of personal uplift. When we think that worship is nothing more than primarily a way of developing a positive attitude and being a little upbeat at the beginning of the week, or when worship becomes nothing more than a corporate expression of entertaining ourselves or finding and seeking emotional and sentimental gratification. But when worship is all about delighting in God, finding satisfaction in His life and in His forgiveness and the outpouring of His face shining upon us. Oh, folks, this is the purpose of missions. What we want to do, why we want to reach more people to Christ is we want more and more people to join us bowing before the throne of our Savior and glory in heaven. We want to add to the throng of those who sing His praises, those praises that are found in Revelation 7, verses 9 through 12. Here's a vision of what we're aiming towards in the missions. Revelation 7, verses 9 through 12. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation and all the tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, that's the righteousness of Jesus Christ, palm branches in their hands to sing out Hosanna and praise, and they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation is of our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshipped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. The church loses ground in our mandate to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth when we lose a passion for the worship of God. We draw back from our kingdom work when we draw back and away from our worship and praise of the king. We make little of our kingdom mission when we make little of our king. When he is the center of our satisfaction and our gladness, we gladly, we almost unintentionally begin to make him known before others. The end result and the purpose of missions is the praise of God. Here's the third point, just one last one. The expressions of this mission as we pursue it and as we give expression to it, declaring this good news to the ends of the earth and lifting up our praise and glory of Jesus Christ the ends of the earth. And as people discover the gospel truth and by the Spirit they're led to sing praises as well, the expressions of this mission is a foretaste of glory yet to come. The expressions of this mission is a foretaste of glory yet to come. If you want to get excited about heaven, if you want to get excited about the millennium, Get involved in missions. Get involved in taking the good news of Jesus Christ the ends of the earth. Get involved in sharing your faith with your neighbors and your friends, even if they reject you. Tenaciously, passionately, bring forward the glory of your story before people, and you'll discover something. As you do it, you'll get a taste of heaven itself. You'll get a taste of heaven, and you rejoice in it. There's nothing sweeter than traveling overseas, frankly, and gathering in some little church and hearing them sing songs of praise in another tongue. And 
I'm telling you, immediately, you don't know what they're saying, but you immediately think of heaven. The day when people from every tongue and every tribe and every nation will fall before the throne and will worship the Lord Jesus Christ. You feel as though, for a moment, you're getting a little foretaste of glory in heaven itself. This experience is when you lead someone to Christ. I still go back in my mind, there are a lot of experiences I've had, but in my mind, I still go back to the experience of leading a woman to Christ in the jungles of Bali who had been distressed by what were likely evil spirits. As she gave her life to Christ, healing came over her body physically, and you could see the weight and the fever that was on her lifting from her and over a little child who was sick as well. And when she was done praying to receive Christ, the little boy was laughing and running around. It's like that's what we became aware of. And the woman began to cry out, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! And you're tasting heaven. You're tasting the glory that's to come. This song that the psalmist is singing, God bless us in order that we might bring the blessing of your gospel to the ends of the earth. As he anticipates the expression of this mission to the ends of the earth, this song turns into a prophetic anticipation of the glory that will come on the nations and the gladness that will come upon the nations when all the people are set under the rule of Jesus Christ. When we see God's praise rising up from God's people around us, we experience a foretaste of heaven. When you as an individual have those moments and times when you know that God is with you and present with you and He's revealing Himself to you, at that very moment, you're receiving a foretaste of heaven. Heaven makes an appearance in our encounters with the living God. Heaven makes an appearance in our praise and worship of the living God. Isaiah 11.9, we read it, says that the day will come when the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. When you strike upon those moments with other other brothers and sisters where you discover something about Him and you see the delight in one another's eyes at discovering something good and true about God, you're getting a little taste of heaven yet to come. You get a taste of glory yet to be revealed. Here's the application. Number one, seek cleansing and mercy and forgiveness. Have you been a missionary? Have you been a light? Honestly. Have you? Find your sin, confess it, and find His cleansing. Find His cleansing. Seek cleansing and mercy and forgiveness. Next, ask for, long for, the blessing of God's face to shine upon you. What we should want to have happen in the progression of our life is an increasing intimacy with our Savior that will increase from day to day to day to day. Whoa, that's what we should want. Seek forgiveness and cleansing. Seek the blessing of God's face with you. You want to grow as a Christian in a deepening, intimate walk with the person of Jesus Christ. You want it. Let that passion grow. Let yourself become pure and let yourself become holy in His presence and let yourself become imbued with His power and His life. And He will, through you, lead others to know Him and know His salvation and to sing praises with you to His name. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. What a simple step into missions. What a simple and yet profound step, O oh God, into a witness. No strategies here. No say this, say this, say this. No memorized pitch. 
but a simple step. Just come under your, your forgiveness and your cleansing and come into your presence to know and walk with you by faith every single day. A faith that obeys you. A faith that follows hard after you. <laughs> a faith that's with you and you with us. What a simple step. God, restore these to your church. Restore it to your churches in this place, in this country, so that we might be, so that men might come to a knowledge of you, that they might know of your salvation, so that all the people, let all the people praise your name, so that all the earth might fear you. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and I'm glad you're listening today to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I'm the director of an international ministry called Church Partnership Evangelism. Over the last 25 plus years, our ministry has worked with multiple denominations and missions organizations to assist them in equipping and engaging the body of Christ in these various countries in personal evangelism, personal discipleship, and in being a part of planting new churches to the glory of God. By God's grace, we've worked in over 40 countries and participated in planting hundreds of churches around the world. Out of this ministry, a vision of personal evangelism anywhere and everywhere has been born. And we've shared this vision in the book, Pathway to the Soul. Pathway to the Soul is being endorsed by key missions leaders and evangelists worldwide. And we encourage you to get your copy and read it for yourself. Go to Amazon.com or ShopMoodyPublishers.com and search for Pathway to the Soul. Put in the author's name, Van Hoogen. You'll find it. Until our next broadcast, may God bless you.